Welcome back, everyone, to Aspire, the Leadership Development Podcast, where we will be discussing the visions, inspirations, and experiences from top educational leaders. My name is Joshua Stamper, and you can connect with me on Twitter or on Instagram at Joshua double underscore Stamper. This week, I'm so excited to have Rebecca Cota on the program. Rebecca is a K-8 Director of Curriculum Instruction, consultant, presenter, blogger, and co-author of Let Them Speak and Dunk Tank. Rebecca, thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, absolutely. Um, it's really such an honor, and I just I really appreciate all the work that uh, you are doing to elevate our profession and, you know, just so many amazing guests. So I think it's, it's going to take all of us together to make this uh, nationwide impact. Oh, I appreciate it. Rebecca, as you know, the show is centered on leadership development. I would love to hear your personal leadership journey on how you went from the classroom to the director of curriculum and instruction. Well, I appreciate that, Josh. Um, I started out as a fourth grade teacher, moved into uh, middle school once I moved to Arizona, and just kind of hopped around a little bit. I changed districts to become an instructional coach. I followed a consultant who mentored me for quite a while. She moved to another district and I followed along with her as a, a district specialist and just continued to learn and grow. And most recently, my husband, uh, we relocated out to Arkansas, and I was just very, very grateful to uh, land kind of the job of my dreams as a K-6 director of curriculum and instruction, just being able to kind of lead that whole process. So it's been, been quite a, a journey along the way. What was your biggest misconception as you moved from being a classroom teacher to an instructional coach? Probably the biggest misconception is just thinking that other people think like you do and perform like you do and have the same level of integrity and intentions that you do. And and kind of once you step out of that role and you see your peers for what they are, sometimes looking back in, in classrooms in a leadership role, seeing your peers in that role, you're very surprised to know that they weren't really doing what you thought that they were doing and not everybody holds the same values and expectations that you do. So in your experience, which leadership skill was the most difficult to develop? Oh, goodness. Um, Probably even still the greatest uh, leadership skill is just listening, active listening. It's one of those things that we practice and we get a little bit better at for a while. But truly listening to somebody without having that next thought in mind and, and deck and you know, I'm so busy, I constantly don't want to forget things. And so it's very easy to not actively listen all the way through and ask meaningful, purposeful follow-up questions with that active listening. Just being so busy, it's easy to slip in back in that routine. If I'm not being very intentional about it, even now, I'm not as good as, a, as I should be just due to time and intention, I guess. And on the podcast, I'd love to have different okay. leadership positions. And for you as a director of curriculum and instruction, what does that entail? And what do you do on a daily basis? On a daily basis, we, um, in my particular district in uh, Cabot, Arkansas, we have a total of 11 K-6 principles. And so I'm really at the, the forefront of leading them instructionally, just making sure that you know, that we have a guaranteed viable curriculum for them to follow. But really beyond that, what are those best practices that need to be carried out in the schools? Is what we're doing effective? Is it aligned to our assessments and our goals and our our vision? And really at the end of the day, 
are we are we doing a good job? Are we doing the best that we can with our time and resources and really bringing everybody together in unity because it's more than just the principals. We have uh, assistant principals and we onboarded instructional coaches this year. And then we've got interventionists too. So really just making sure that each leadership team at each school is working together with a lot of synergy and just effective for kids. And then on our end at the district, are we striving to meet their needs and really listening to, you know, the boots on the ground, everything that they are doing? Are we listening to their needs and making sure that they have everything that they need to be successful at the site level? For many, there's a perception in education that to be a leader, you must fill a position in administration at the campus or district level. How would you define an educational leader and what are some ways our aspiring leaders can make an impact outside of administration? I always say there's every layer of leader. Um, even as a teacher in the classroom, the power of influence is just astounding because every person can make or break. You, you don't even have to be a team lead on a grade level to make an impact. You just are that forerunner of bringing fresh new strategies, being willing to be vulnerable, even just a, a spirit of positivity and lifting each other up. Really, anybody at any level can be that person. And, you know, they, they always say to kind of act, address, and, and grow into present yourself in the next level of position that you're really desiring. So, if you're in the classroom and you're wanting to be an instructional coach, you know, really seeking that, uh, that level of learning, seek people out to help mentor you to kind of learn and grow into those, that next growth position. I mean, and I would say the same as, of instructional coaches that are aspiring to be principals. It, it really does not matter what position you are in. Your power of influence is that sphere of influence where you are each and every day, because I can easily get caught up into that as well. But I really draw myself back and say, whoever's with me each and every day, that's why I have the power to influence. Even if my aspirations are greater, the reality is, you know, we have the power every day to make a positive impact on our students, on our families, and really all of our colleagues that we work with. You have an incredible pulse on the future of education as you travel around the world. What is the largest barrier to the success of leaders? Wow, that's a great question. One barrier that we often see is simply fear. Fear of the unknown, fear of failing, fear of not meeting expectations, and just that fear of being vulnerable because people are going to see a different side. Because being a leader really, you know, does require an element of risk-taking and willing to go on a journey of the unknown. So, I mean, oftentimes I see fear as a, a pretty big barrier to that next level of success. Yeah, in your experience, what is one area you want to change in education? Oh, one area. Probably our biggest mantra right now is just really uh, breaking that glass ceiling and eradicating the status quo. As many passionate teachers as there are out there and leaders, there's still, you know, those teachers and leaders that it's their job, it's not their passion. And the status quo is still hanging around, holding others back, not really 100% in the game for kids, because it does take risk, it does take vulnerability, and it does take a lot of collaboration and time. 
So how do you instill those characteristics as far as critical thinking and innovation at the campus level? I mean, I think it just requires um, just intentional conversations. I know that when when we gather together, we we really do brainstorm what are our barriers and what are some solutions to get through them. So as leaders, we have to bring those things to the forefront and, and you do that through basically giving everybody a voice. So, you know, if we give our students a voice, you know, that, that kind of um, the outcome of that rises some of those issues that maybe need to be dealt with by listening to teachers and giving uh, teachers a voice. You know, we find out those things that we thought we were doing well, but we could be doing better. Administrator voice. I mean, everybody that we give a voice to we are now coming together as a community of learners really to solve problems. But we've got to bring those to the table and have a way to have those conversations. And so we do have a, a social contract that we adhere to. And we know that we're going to come to the table with varying viewpoints. But we also know that our outcome essentially is all going to be the same. So I think just uh, really having those intentional conversations and having a pathway to disagree, knowing that the outcome ultimately is going to be student-centered and for the good. What is one initiative you've implemented on your campus or district that you are extremely proud of? Well, well probably our top one is what we're calling walk to intervention. For response to intervention, we now have a time during the day that every single student walks to their level we do reading first. So we had we noticed that we had quite a few reading gaps. And so K-6, no matter what grade you're in, um, we have kids clustered by skill and we have them for 30 minutes getting intensive interventions in reading. And if they do not have any deficits in reading, then they go to a classroom for math and we're moving kids on and we are accelerating their learning. So for the first time ever, one of the things that I've always dreamt about doing in this position is knowing that every single child has their academic needs met and that we have a pulse on exactly where they are and what their needs are even beyond academics. And so the powerful conversations that are happening in data chats, in our PLCs, like we know where every child is in our district and i just i couldn't be prouder because that was a new initiative that we started this year from the ground up and it's just flourishing it's making a really big impact for those starting their leadership journey what advice do you have for them i would say one just build your professional learning network um, surround yourself with people that can mentor you that are going to stretch you to that next level and become an expert in something. So pour your studies into something that, you know, when they, they say your name, you know, they know that that's something that you're very good at and it'll make you marketable. And when you're working with a PLN or a PLC at your school site or within a district, you always have huge added value, you know, alongside really strong relationships. For our leaders that may be experiencing burnout, what advice do you have for them in kind of recovering that love and passion that they once had? Absolutely. It's very interesting because we did a recent survey asking where educators wanted the most support or they saw the biggest um, need in education right now. 
One of the things that surfaced was teacher stress and teacher burnout or education burnout in general. The more I reflect on it and where I was in my journey with just leadership adversity, uh, because not everybody plays nice and the higher you go, it, it gets more political and it gets more intertwined. But all along the way, if I had recognized the need for balance and been intentional with it, uh, I think it would have made a very big difference. So one of my biggest pieces of advice would be to just create those routines so that you can make sure that there is balance because it's so easy to keep working later each night and harder and try to please more people and get more work done to push to the next level. When the reality is, if we're not taking care of ourselves, then we're kind of worthless and we can't take care of everyone else. So finding that that balance is very, very big. For those who haven't had the opportunity to read your book, Dunk Tank, can you describe how the book may help our aspiring leaders? Absolutely. Um, Escaping School Leaders Dunk Tank is really about navigating adversity because the reality is we're always going to come across conflict, but really it's about how do we navigate it. And we dive in very specifically and identify emotional driving forces and talk about why people do what they do. Because at the end of the day, the misbehavior from adult is, it's not personal. It's, it's based on everybody's schema and where they are and where they're coming from. So, you know, those high octane emotional moments, if we can really deconstruct them, find out the why behind those strong emotions, oftentimes we can navigate them much better and really with a prevailing mindset. So there's a lot of things that we can do to temper those strong egos and those strong personalities to connect in a positive way. In addition to your director position, you speak at conferences, you blog, and you're very active on social media. How did you find your voice beyond the district? My co-founder, Dr. Uh, Rick Jetter, and I really do have a voice that is beyond our district. We recently moved forward on a new adventure with Pushing Boundaries Consulting, and we have just networked with some amazing professional learning affiliates and are working together really to make an impact nationwide on just really taking a different spin and a different perspective. We kind of talked about the status quo earlier, and what Rick and I found is that Everything that we were trying to accomplish, whether it was leadership adversity, we were always talking about the topics that other people kind of didn't want to touch. Nobody wants to uh, pull that curtain back and really take a, a peek at what's really happening at the district level. You know, we moved into student voice, and that can really be seen as treason among campuses because I think it's a hostile takeover, you know, from children, and it's really not. So, we kind of dip our toe in just about anything that pushes boundaries. You know, we're kind of moving into a, a new project looking at leading in an age of the unknown. We're just, we're getting to a point that we're going to have to pivot and do things significantly different than we've done in the past because our world is quickly uh, passing us by. So just really learning and leading and connecting beyond the district. I think it's what we crave. I think it's what our passion is. I think that, you know, it, it's just kind of who we are. And it all just seemed to kind of come together to, for us, Rick and I had been, we're talking one day and we're like, well, we, we just push boundaries. That's what we do. That's who we are. And that's really what we want to um, move forward with to make an impact on our nation. 
In closing, what is the most enjoyable aspect of leadership? Oh, the most enjoyable is probably just seeing the growth. Um, you know, as hard as I push um, in our district for us to grow and to learn and, and to try new things, you know, every time I pause and look back at what we've accomplished about, you know, what each campus has done to grow and thrive, it is just absolutely unbelievable to see how much of an impact you can make when everybody is working together. And our principals are just amazing. Actually, all of our leadership teams on our campus are just because we have high trust and high vulnerability and you know, just watching that continual progress and growth and happiness in teachers and happiness in kids and happiness in family as we kind of reach those different success points. How can our listeners connect with you on social media? I'm on just about every uh, platform, I think. So Twitter's at Rebecca Coda and Facebook's at Rebecca Coda and Instagram's at Rebecca Coda. And then I have RebeccaCoda.com. So just about any way, you, you're more than welcome to reach out. We're very active on social media, so um, we're always welcoming uh, new connections. And, you know, people really do reach out quite frequently on some of these uh, topics that push boundaries because they may not feel like that they can talk to somebody in their district. But when it's somebody kind of anonymous like that, people reach out and we reach out to people all the time too to sharpen ourselves and have mentors. So we are just, we're always looking to to grow and connect and to support anybody that we possibly can just to really make our profession even better. Please continue to check out the Aspire podcast. And if you've gotten any value from the show at all, please subscribe and leave a rating or review wherever you're listening. Don't forget to use the Aspire Lead hashtag as you continue the conversation on Twitter. Rebecca, thank you so much for being on the program. I'm grateful for so many amazing educators out there like yourself that are, you know, taking time out of their own day to really make a difference. So thank you very much.